Welcome to the Sports Finder Podcast. Let's get ready to rumble! Hey guys, it's Ahmed from Sports Finder. Just a heads up about the show that you're about to tune in, which is the live Instagram interview that we conduct on a weekly basis on Fridays with student athletes. Please excuse some of the um, disruptions in the recordings. It is a live session. So tune in and make the most of this amazing episode. Take care. Hey guys, how are you doing today? Um, today we are going to be interviewing um, Annika. She's a player for the Houston Dash, so I'm very excited to have her on. Hi, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Can you I'm hear me good. okay? I'm good, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me, I really appreciate it. No, of course, I'm so excited. I'm glad we got it to work out, so our schedules have been... <laughs> I don't know, we change our schedule. Well, now it's like so much more consistent, which is really nice. So we That's change good. like... Uh, um, almost every week when we were starting here, just because we didn't know with the flow and everything. And yeah, obviously with COVID, we didn't really ever know if like, okay, we could come in the next day, but, uh, no, it's been all good so far. So like, I'm so excited, but I think I can turn my screen, but I don't know how to do this. I'm, no, wait, that's not what I want. <laughs> but if I do this, am I sideways? Yeah. So weird. See, I haven't done this stuff. I'm like really bad with technology. So this is like perfect. <laughs> I've been getting used but... to it as I've been doing more and more interviews too. So don't worry. <laughs> yeah, you look really good. And then... went through. <laughs> yeah, you look good. I'm just over here just like getting back from practice. I'm like, maybe I need some like natural lighting or something. <laughs> but no, thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. Do you want to start by like giving a little bit of ba uh, background on yourself? Like where you went to school? Like uh, what position you play? Like how you got into the sport? Like all that. Yeah, of course. Um, I started playing when I was younger. I actually played a few other sports too. Um, got involved. Um, basketball, swimming, soccer, um, softball. And yeah, just kind of mixed it up. Um, actually ended up uh, sticking with soccer. I was playing basketball and actually swimming up to high school. And then um, swam my first year of high school and played soccer, but basketball was too much. And that's kind of when it got started. I actually have some high school pictures I'll show you here. I have this like oh, wall, yes. reminds me. That's me. <laughs> so funny, but yeah, we could go through my collage of waltz. That kind of more tells my story. Mm -hmm. um then um so I actually went to Zionsville High School um from Indiana so around Carmel people more know of Carmel um and then so I went to Zionsville High School loved playing obviously high school soccer it was super competitive mm -hmm. um I think the refs knew me for being crazy that was probably the one thing I had siblings and the refs would always come up to my siblings like oh no like are you like Annika and I was like that's so rude but you know what it's fine 
Um, I'd always give them a hard time about their job, but I knew they were doing the best they could. Uh, just kind of in the moment thing. That's kind of what I was known for in high school. Um, worked on my attitude a little when I lost. Um, then actually moved to uh, Connecticut for played at UConn. Uh, I think I committed early sophomore year mm-hmm. um, and then played um, there for two years, actually. Um, my first year, I had like stress fracture, stress reaction in my foot. So I actually didn't end up playing my first year, which was really hard. Mm-hmm. But then yeah. um, I ended up playing, redshirting my first year and then um, medical redshirted my first year. And then I ended up playing my second year. And we did really well. We won our in-season, out-of-season conference tournament. And then obviously didn't do so well in the NCAA tournament. But um, we're a really good team girls are actually playing in the NWSL now who are on that team. Mm-hmm. Rachel Hill's playing for um, Chicago. Then I decided to transfer to Butler. And these are some of my Butler friends. Shout out to Butler. I saw Paige on there, so I have to find her on my wall. But that's like one of my Butler friends. There's Paige right there. She was on there. She's playing for Sky Blue. So mm-hmm. I went to Butler. So there's Paige. There's like a ton more pictures with her on here. But yeah, she- she was one of my besties, and she's actually playing in Sky Blue. Um, so she graduated a year before me, so she's been such an amazing help, and obviously Rachel too. But, yeah, transferred mm-hmm. to Butler, personal reasons, and just felt like it was either I need to stop playing soccer or God was kind of pulling me somewhere else. But um, ended up with a really good team at Butler. Um, I think the culture really just allowed me to flourish and just be who I was. Didn't mm-hmm. start easily. Um, actually didn't start and play my first three games. It was very humbling. Um, they were building a really good program, and I just wasn't ready to start. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was really cool. After that, just um, after like three games, got got in, played, and really didn't step off the field. And I was surrounded by really good girls. Um, obviously, I wouldn't say we were the most talented team in the world. We had talented players. For example, Paige was super talented. Um, but um, we just, like, worked hard. Just blue collar, we were known for. Um, and then it was really cool because, like I said, I had that kind of connection. Paige wanted to go play pro. So that was someone who was – we were always ride or die together. Um, but, yeah. And then the other girls were super supportive, too. Um, yeah, there's a few girls who I played with who are still playing in – at Butler right now and they're literally I think six and oh they're killing teams four to zero oh, wow. so it's like that's, it's that's super so cool funny. yeah so like all, my friends um just a few of them like Julia Leonard um Taylor Crow uh, a few of them are still playing and they're just like absolutely dominating which is really fun to see the program just continue to um lift off and obviously that's a testament for Paige being the first player from Butler to go to the NWSL and then um, people just falling in her footsteps. Um, also, just like my coaching staff were a huge reason where, why I'm here today. Um, so then I ended up in um, Sweden. But before that, I actually got, I actually put my name into the draft. Um, high hopes of getting drafted. I had a good year my last year. And had a few conversations with a few coaches before the draft and didn't get up, end up getting drafted. I actually went to the draft. So big thing out there, believe in yourself. Yeah. I think it's okay to go and experience it and whatever happens, happens. Yeah. Um, and, you know, regardless, yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. And so like God just had a different route for me. And um, I just think what really helped me was just like my community and my family, but also not allowing that, okay, I just didn't get chosen for this specific thing. Like I'm not going to just quit what I love to do. I'm just going to go on the path that God had had me taking and not give up. So actually before that, I got invited into preseason with the dash. So I actually ended up heading to the dash. Um, Just what felt good. They're praying on it, um, seeking the advice of very wise people. And then did really well my first week there. And then COVID happened. So that's kind of crazy. So then... Yeah, it was like insane. They sent all the trial players home because I was just a trial player. Um, for all those people who listen to this, it's like, you can make it. Like, you don't have to be the straight path. There's no straight path for anyone. Everyone goes through different things. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, then got we all got sent home, the trial players, COVID. And then um, was in a waiting pattern for about two months, but was training really hard. Um, mm-hmm. And then ended up getting a call from one of a really good team in Sweden, um, Gothenburg FC, uh, Kovori Yetibori. And yeah, went to Sweden in June and had a few injuries there. So I actually tore my calf twice. It was really frustrating. Yeah. So I went on loan to a team that needed help by that time. It just wasn't going to work. Um, honestly, getting back with a, one of the best teams in the world when you're injured and you're new not injured once but injured twice like I just needed something different it was either that or like I was like oh gosh like I might just go home like this is frustrating yeah and then um got sent to the second division played a few games or no played for one of the teams in the second division it's called Sunino and actually my teammate Macy Miller was there so it was like a godsend I was like this is what I need mentally to refresh my mind physically to get healthy and they were absolutely amazing I'm talking about great people um obviously was just surrounded by Macy Miller who's just absolutely amazing so she was Mm -hmm. super helpful um and then yeah surrounded by amazing people um and then I randomly got a I was supposed to go back to Gothenburg I signed a two-year contract with them but uh that was part of the reason of me going on the loan so I could go back um and be fit and then um, after that, um, was going back to Gothenburg and then uh, played about like 13, 14 games. So it was really good. Got really good playing time. Actually played a new position. I was playing the fullback instead of center back. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, got a call, uh, text from the head coach here and just um, asked me what my plans were and told him I was supposed to go back to Gothenburg, told him about my injuries. And then he kind of told me that, hey, like, I, I'd love to see you're doing well now, but, like, we'd love to have you with the dash. And so at that point, I was conflicted. I was like, do I go back to the team that I didn't even really get a chance at because the second I got back into things, I got injured? Or yeah. do I literally go fulfill my dreams to play in the NWSL? And the most important thing was confiding in several people not a lot, but just several who really knew me best, um, family, boyfriend, and friends, and, and coaches, um, and prayed about it. And that was most importantly, 
what kind of pushed me towards going to Dash. And here I am now. So yeah, that was like literally so long, but super <laughs> grateful. Story, like, yeah, it's crazy. Like, sports changed so much. And yeah. like everyone's like college seasons, they're thrown off. Like I'm sure yeah. your seasons were thrown off and now you're getting the chance to like finally get into things and start training more consistently and like finally have a like solid schedule. Um, yeah, it's so nice yeah, to like actually have a schedule through everybody's story for a loop so yeah no yeah it's crazy it was like I mean so many unforeseen challenges but like in that time I was so grateful for the team in Sweden um Gothenburg that like sadly folded but they were able to start a new club uh we actually ended up winning the Swedish cup which was absolutely amazing so that's the first division and so it was hard being a part of that but really not being a part of that but I had some really good people who made me feel like a part of that even though I was sent alone um so that was really cool um just surrounded by the right people there and I'm super grateful for all the experiences that happened in Sweden because I just feel like it really did prepare me to come back for the dash and so that was like really cool um Sorry, I see my friend on there. Maeve, hey. <laughs> but, um, yeah, but, um, no, like, here I am now, and it's so funny. I, like, think about, like, my journey, and I'm, I just look at all these pictures, like, in front of me. I have, like, this collage I'll show you. And I'm just, like, oh, my gosh, like, I feel like this couldn't have been, like, I couldn't have written this story for my life, you know, as mm -hmm. my boyfriend. <laughs> but, like, it's, like, for me, like, through my faith, that's always been so important for me, and I just – it's like astonishing. I, I really just say like, I'm a bit God shocked. And now I'm playing on, they won the Houston Dash won the championship for the challenge cup last year. And I'm just like, wow. Oh my gosh. I'm playing with the best players in the world. Like this is crazy. So yeah, I'm, I'm so happy to be here. Yeah. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, so we're going to take it all the way back in time. And do you want to talk about like your college <laughs> recruitment and like what that process was like for you? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, my. Okay, so I played at Carmel United. Um, actually, I was at Zinesville first, but then I, I had a coach seek me out, and then I moved to Carmel United. And then, actually, at the end of my years there, I was – we were called um, – oh, jeez, what's it called now? Indiana Fire. Um, so they merged Westfield and Carmel United, and that was huge because – Actually, I think it was there for two years. Yeah, two years when the merge happened. But I was committed by then. A few girls weren't, so that was super stressful for them. Our, our team kind of broke up a little bit. But, like, in the midst of that, um, I committed – jeez. I can't remember what, like, U16 or, like – I think it was, like, U – honestly, it was probably – it's like, U15, U16. I was 14 years old when I committed to UConn um early <laughs> yeah it is pretty early I think I was the second person to commit on my team um my coach was like what are you doing like you're getting like an amazing opportunity to play at this school like you need to take it and to be honest like I wish I would have thought about it a little more but at the end of the day it was like my decision but the recruitment process isn't easy and I'm sure it's not e easy now anymore yeah. because I feel like there's more rules but less rules and more complicated rules like certain coaches can only go to certain I don't know how it works but I was talking to my college coaches at Butler about it and it's just like wild to me but maybe they're trying to protect the players a little more which is like mm -hmm. optimal and I think they should really try to do that yeah. um but 
I just remember I would send out like 100 college emails with my dad like I was insane I was like I don't really know what I want I don't know where I want to go like let's just like outreach to anybody and everybody Mm -hmm. um and yeah like that's that's really what I did um came down to like went went on a few visits um I will say make sure you visit your school anybody listening like you you just never know you you got to get that like and if you didn't get the feeling first and you really think it's right for you, go back and visit it again. Uh, I know it's sometimes a hassle, but it's really pouring. You hope to be spending your next four years there. Um, I actually spent five years in college, um, but um, honestly, it was better to spend five years uh, staying in college. Um, but um, yeah, I'm trying to think what else kind of happened in that time. I remember... My parents were huge supporters, but at the same time, I wanted it to be my decision. Mm-hmm. And I really think that's so important. Um, young females, young males grow- growing up through the process that they really make this like not about their parents, because at the end of the day, if they don't want to play and they just wanted to play at club level, collegiate is very different than club. So like, it's okay. Like it, it's totally okay. But if they want to, it needs to surface more from them and their parents can support them um, with like an open mind and open heart. But the most important thing is it just doesn't come from the parents. And that was key when I was going through my, my process, I was just like, I love you guys, but you can be there to support me and maybe say good job every once in a while. But um yeah, it just means more when you do it yourself, have the conversations, yeah. like, I would so encourage anyone who's going through the process to pick up the phone, I think maybe they're allowed to, or write the email, um, and just be yourself, like, right, some yeah. of the days, like, you can be the best soccer player, but if you're, I think the most um, sought after trait in uh, the younger players is, are obviously, yeah, you have to be talented, but it's work ethic and coachability. So that was like literally your attitude um, and like, just like your mantra that you, what what do you want? Like, how are you going to work and everything like that? Because it's so simple to obviously build on talent, but like, yeah. if you don't want to change or you don't want to work hard, obviously no coach is going to want that in their culture. So that was really important just being yourself and, and being open and willing to have those conversations. But yeah, that's kind of my college. If you have any other questions about that, go ahead. But it's been so uh, long. (laughs) And like you also transferred to, and I know that like transferring as like a student athlete is also kind of a complicated process because not only it's transfer is not, not only complicated with like college credits and classes and like trying to figure out like what, what class, like what requirements you filled out and like just trying to figure all that out. But like, I'm sure it's like yeah. a student athlete, like an athlete, like that was even more complicated. Yeah, honestly, like um, it was complicated, but I went through some things in college that I like really needed to like get myself away from there. Also, to be fully honest, um, I was playing 20 minutes and then playing a full 90 minutes. And then I was playing whatever, 30 minutes and then whatever, full 90 minute championship game. And I learned how to be a great teammate in that time. Um, I think that was so important for me, just a player who didn't sit the bench really ever. And then 
it just humbles you, right? It's like you need to learn from some people who are playing in front of you right now or just learn from what the coaches want or don't want. And it just taught me how to be a really good teammate, which is so, so appreciative of that. But at the end of the day, mentally, I knew I needed to like, there's a difference between enduring until you're submerged and enduring until you absorb just enough. And I was like, okay, this is enough. And I just didn't want to, um, let's say like basically my, my love for soccer. And I was like, so obsessed with soccer was like filtering out. Um, and that's just not what I wanted. Um, also it's just hard for me being away from home. So when I actually switched, um, a big goal for me was to be closer to home. Now the transfer process was really interesting. And, um, my butler coaches ever listen to this, they'll laugh at me. I emailed them that I was transferring because my dad's like, just do it. They're close to home. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to go Butler. Like, I just came from a top 20 school. And I was like, I don't want to go to a bad school or whatnot. And they were bad. They just won the Big East. But I was just like, it was just like, I don't know. Like, I was like, I don't want to go to Butler. And then um, literally, um, they emailed me back within, I think, like, one or two minutes. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I got to check it out. And then I just mm -hmm. realized, like, they've been growing the program for so long. Mm -hmm. and um honestly they made the process really easy everyone's gonna have a different process but I think the cool thing was that I'd already been through the recruiting process once so I knew exactly I like made a list of the things that I exactly wanted to ask and the things I exactly wanted to know and wherever you go like the coaches if they're just talking the whole time you should really start questioning them um, think about this, like they're trying to recruit you. It should be a lot about like, okay, who you are. And also like, they want you to ask tough questions and that was really important. And mm -hmm. to be honest, um, I am a talker and it was so funny because I asked some tough questions at Butler and actually my parents came along to that meeting. And I just remember my, I think it was my mom or dad who was crying after the meeting because of just how well-spoken Terry, Rob, and Rob were, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. um, so that was like super helpful that they were so well-spoken. They wanted to take care of me. Um, and yeah, it's just because they knew me. Um, they actually, I asked them like, why didn't they recruit me before? And they knew I had a big personality. So they were just like, maybe Butler wasn't ready for you before, but now we're ready. And mm -hmm. just we just grew a relationship and I think some people fear having that relationship with their coaches, but like if you can gain that relationship and trust work ethic and in your attitude right away, it just helps you honestly. And they're not going to be your best friends. And like, now it's cool because I would think my coaches would say like, we're really close now, but like when I was playing, they're my coaches, right? They're not my best yeah. friends, but I think it's so important that like, people don't, don't, um, what's the word? They don't just get stuck. Right. And I went to a sports psych after I went to my first year of UConn and it was my decision to go back. Actually, a lot of people didn't think I was going to go back. Um, it was my decision. And, uh, the cool thing was my sports psych, uh, his name is Dr. Carr. He actually is with green Bay now, the Packers. And he's just mm -hmm. like, it's actually your choice what you do right? Like this is your life. Obviously your actions and decisions affect people around you, but it's like, 
you're choosing to do this. You're choosing to go back there. And at the end of the day, if you choose to leave, that's still your choice, right? And you can't control everything else. So I just encourage those people who maybe feel like they're stuck. Obviously you want to, like I said, like try to absorb yourself. And then if you're submerged, then you need to move somewhere else, right? And that's what it was about for me. And I think it's so important to understand that it's not easy. It's not easy to transfer. And I was having a very hard few weeks my first weeks at Butler and I was like okay but the great thing is like I'm in control if I want to transfer again I can transfer again um but um I think it's just like it's okay to humble yourself if something and there's been a lot of things that haven't really worked out the way I thought I should Mm -hmm. they should have worked out but like it's like obviously God's in control and and that's like literally we're just like and move on to the next things but yeah mm-hmm. yeah um yeah that's a, that's all like insanely good advice like if you were just like <laughs> picking a school in general even if you're not like a prospective athlete like like you got like you have to make decisions you have to make the best decision for yourself and like you have to oh, yeah. think about like your future and like what that's good for you um and like you said like your decisions are going to impact people around you but ultimately like you have to do it's going to be best for your career whether that's in sports or somewhere else so I yeah think that's all like really course. really great advice for like people and, like figure out what your path is to whatever it is that you're going to go to um no yeah so moving away from yeah um so what what is your favorite thing about being an athlete but also like when you were like in college what was your favorite thing about being a student athlete to kind of like the um, question. I could say missing class. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. But um, missing class is fun sometimes. But um, on competing, I think I kind of told you just like stepping out of class. And um, I really think God gave me soccer as just like a safe haven for me. Just like I can go there and just just channel who I really am and also channel the way I feel like I'm able to serve people best, which is in the sport. Um, And just like encouraging my teammates and whatnot. Honestly, my favorite part was putting on my cleats, seeing my teammates every day and and competing. I think if you're an athlete and you don't like to compete, you're in the wrong, you're in the wrong area, right? Um, (laughs) But I know it's crazy, but it's like, we think about it, like that's such a gift that we get to compete every day. Like for lack of better words, I'm kicking a soccer ball for my life. So it just like humbles you to the fact that like hmm. had tons of other coaches who just enforced that culture too. And I'm so hmm. competitive that some days at the end of trainings, I would beat myself apart for a bad training. And I still do that today, but that competitive edge is what kind of keeps you going. And yeah. The great thing is, like, once you, like, don't really have that, I'm not saying you can't play soccer or any other sports. Like, sometimes it's like, okay, like, maybe this isn't for me anymore. And you, you ask those questions and you move forward. But, like, I think that was the the most fun thing for me. But also, like I said, just being around such amazing people. Um, when I went to Sweden, I just realized that, like, soccer is so much more than just a ball at your foot. It's like creating relationships with your teammates around you. And like, for example, like when I was in Sweden, just so nice to have community because a lot of times I felt like an outcast. Um, 
and whatnot but like it was so cool like having like teammates who just like always had your back and whatnot and just made you feel better right um I think just like your teammate can make or break you um and that was really cool that I got to be a part and I've gotten to be a part of several teams with some really amazing people that um are still my friends today yeah no like like I know that like the relationships that you make with your teammates can sometimes like be lifelong relationships and like the support that people get from their team is like it's unlike anything else like you spend so much time with these people you come you overcome so much like overcome so much and you go through like such a unique process and journey with your team and it's like it really just ties everybody together yeah Um, no it's so awesome it's like I love soccer but at the end of the day like I know at some point God's going to say soccer's done. And at the end of the day, no one's going to remember me for how many completed passes I had. They're going to remember the relationships, right? So like that competitiveness that we all bring to the table actually creates stronger bonds, like a brotherhood, sisterhood. So he said it best. Like, it's really about community. It's really about relationships. And gee, like I said, I can just look at my wall up here of all my besties. Yeah. (laughs) They're part of the reason I'm, and 100% part of the reason I'm here today. And and obviously I don't have a shrine of all my coaches up here, but like, <laughs> they're like relationships too. And my family, my boyfriend, like all those people, like, it's like your relationships in life, I feel like is the most important thing. Just like loving yeah. other people um, just gives you so much more gratitude for life in general. But you said it best. I like that. Yeah, um, and then moving to, like, the other end of it, like, what has been the most challenging part about being a student athlete and then being an athlete, like, a professional athlete? Yeah, in college, um, honestly, I was really competitive with myself off the field, too. Um, I would say type A personality. Um, (laughs) Funny, but um, honestly, the hardest thing, I would say it's hard sometimes like it would be managing social life because all I wanted to do was go kick a soccer ball and then finish my homework as fast as possible so I could focus on soccer but like over time I realized like oh gosh like I really need to build relationships I think finding that balance um the school balance was always it's always hard right but like that's kind of what you're getting yourself into anyway you know that's going to be hard but it's like, again, ask the hard questions. Like we had so many people supporting us, willing to help us and like at UConn and at Butler to make sure we we're still getting that education because that's so important because 0.001% of us are going to go on to play professionally. And at the end of the day, I didn't know if that was in God's plan for me. Of course, I was like, this is my plan. Like I'm not doing anything else. But um, I think just managing that and then just like, filtering the emotions that like being a competitive sports athlete really gives you I think a lot of people like um kind of shy away from the conversation of mental health but it's like I think that was like a struggle for me sometimes because sometimes I would find my worth more as like an athlete just an athlete not as student not as a just college person but really as just like an athlete Um, a soccer player and I think that was probably the most challenging thing for me it's like your identity is not in like I don't know like your your sports performance it's really in like for me I believe it's like just like in who God I'm like God's child like that's so important to just like 
feel that, know that. And I think just being able to balance that when you got to that next step where like you're just surrounded by eat, play, sleep, whatever, soccer, and then obviously get your homework done. It's really hard to just remember like, okay, you're a person too. Yeah. Um, I still struggle with that to this day. Um, but again, it comes back to that competitive attitude. But I think like people don't know that they struggle with their identity until maybe soccer's gone or whatnot, or maybe soccer's all they had. Um, I realized that in Sweden, I realized like in college, I always had like things surrounding me that actually like allowed me to dive into deeper parts of who I really was, not just like the soccer player. Mm -hmm. And that helped with like the identity, but also like, I think like when I got to Sweden, I was like, oh my gosh, like soccer is going to drive me insane if this is all I do. Like I need to find my other purpose because what I do is I get home and I just think about all the things like I did wrong. And that's like another thing, like if we can be more positive with ourselves and honestly, sometimes I wish I did this in college um, and just realize like our worth isn't in our sport, right? It's like the relationships and whatnot. So I would say that was like the most challenging thing for me to just balance like my identity you know like and that's like a mental health thing that like I'm I'm open about sharing because something I still struggle with like I said but like um I think it just becomes hard and and I think more athletes should talk about it in a sense but yeah, yeah that's what I would say yeah no mental health and athletics is incredibly important um and I don't think it's talked about enough I know like Kevin Love is kind of a big advocate for mental health yeah he's awesome yeah, there should be definitely more out there because like balancing everything with especially being a student athlete mm-hmm. in college, like getting your homework done, like yeah, like doing like doing all of that, like while also trying to like you said have a social life, find other things outside that you that you're passionate about. Um, it's really difficult when like being an athlete takes so much time and so much commitment. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like making sure that like you still have that like part of yourself is like that like loves things outside of soccer or whatever sport that you're yeah. playing it's so important because you can't just of course because like you don't want it to consume you because when it's gone like what do you have left exactly and I ask myself that question every day I don't want to just be a soccer player I want to be a person who's serving others serving my teammates like having a positive attitude and like sometimes we lost we lose that in our sports and then we take it out on people in love so I think it's like every day improving just tapping into different areas of your life like you said is so important Mm -hmm. yeah moving on from that um so uh how do you so i know COVID has impacted like so many people's season like professionally collegiate high school how did it impact your season and how are you guys like how have you guys kind of like progressed as the pandemic has gone on as a team yeah so actually when i was with houston last march um it obviously affected my journey, right? But this was mm-hmm. for the right reason. I actually got to go home for like three months and spend like quarantine with my family. I'm from a family of seven. And then we have married people, brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and then mm-hmm. I have a niece. So honestly, for me, it was a little blessing in disguise. I got to train every day. day. I have like I'm just grateful to have a really, basically we call it the Schmidt staycation. And my parents have just built a house around like things we love to do. We're so mm-hmm. active and um, we just kind of all came together and just worked together all the time. And that was like mm-hmm. really special because like 
honestly, I know people can just pick at COVID is so terrible and of course it's terrible and whatnot. But like, I think people really need to reflect on the fact that like, gosh, like some of these people never get time with their families. And like, it's like a lot of people have gotten more time with their families. And of course people are stressed out and whatnot. But like, I think if we could just find the positive in that. Um, but when I went to Sweden, it affected us a little. Honestly, there wasn't a lot of rules in Sweden. I, I never had to wear a mask other than when flying. It was kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, so then I'm trying to think. Yeah, no, it really didn't affect us much in Sweden, to be honest. And I was just he- hearing about it in the U.S., but really, really naive to the fact because I just couldn't turn on the news and keep hearing like, what's the next COVID story? And it was like depressing, honestly. And yeah. I'm sure that's how a lot of people felt, right? But like, I just wasn't in the midst of like, that and that was like probably ignorant of me to do not really pay attention to the news but it was kind of like a good thing too yeah um but yeah like I came back here obviously they had the challenge cup which is super awesome was following the dash following my friends Paige and Rach and um watching them do well and then obviously dash got to the challenge cup final and then they won so that was really cool to watch them do that the underdog Mm -hmm. team um, obviously a huge testament to their culture and the coaches and those players. Um, they really did an amazing job of shaping that team into the, one of the bottom teams to one, basically the best team. So um, now I'm here. Um, and so funny. So I got COVID the first week I got here. So I actually had to quarantine. Uh, um, that was crazy. I was like, I definitely got it in Sweden at some point. Mm-hmm. And then no. I got it here or maybe right before I left and yeah so I quarantined which is a bummer um but yeah honestly knock on wood we haven't had any more COVID cases and the league's been doing an amazing job we get tested twice a week um yeah and hopefully we'll soon all get the vaccine it really hasn't affected us much honestly there's some things we have to do differently like wear a mask obviously but honestly it hasn't affected us much like we're really honestly blessed to be able to come out here and play our sport because the reason we can do that is we have so many people like for example Juan is our janitor that keeps thing out everything so clean so like we literally don't have to worry about coming in and there being an issue or like just like mm-hmm. I don't know just like I would say sickness lying around but that's like a metaphor in a sense but our whole staff has been working so hard. Our, our medical staff is absolutely amazing here in Houston. Mm-hmm. So like testament to them. And I just can't tell you we've had really problems. Like, honestly, like I said, other than wearing a mask, there are some things that are frustrating. Like, okay, we can't get certain refs if we want to just have a random scrimmage or something like that. But yeah. it's been awesome. Our coaches have stepped in. Um, so that's been fun too for, mm-hmm. for them refing. Maybe not mm-hmm. fun for them. Because we just, some people just yell at them. So, but of course, competitiveness. But no, we really haven't, honestly, like I'm incredibly blessed and grateful because we really haven't had that many issues. We're following protocols, but it becomes, um, sorry. I think it paused for a second. Um, It becomes a little bit normalized, like what we have to do on a daily basis, you know? So they're doing everything they can and as of now, like we've all been really respectful. So it yeah. hasn't been an issue. Yeah, no, like that's, that's amazing to hear. Like, 
I know colleges across the country had to cancel their seasons or postpone their seasons. Like at my college, like fall sports didn't get a season at all. Neither did winter sports. And they're now having like six. Oh yeah. For spring sports. That was um, so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Like all, like most of our teams haven't played in over a year and that sucks <laughs> so much. Cause I mean, they're, they're still training, like for their lifting, but they were going yeah, it's, through it's not um, the same. processes with like practices. Like there was a, like the NCAAs had like a lot, like they had a lot of protocols, like for a while, like it was just like, they couldn't even touch the ball. Like they were just kind of running around and like doing, I was drills. following that. Yeah. yeah. And then they could like pass the ball to themselves or like, just like, oh, no. I don't know, like it was just like, we they were being very strict about like the balls and like the equipment and making sure that there was no cross contamination. Athletes are getting tested three times a week at my school at least. Um, so it's definitely had a big impact yeah. in a lot of different places, but it's good that you guys are still like been able to um, uh, get every, like have everything like run normally and like as yeah. close to normal as possible. Um, yeah. So what's a goal that you have for yourself as an athlete this year? A goal. Um, I think the biggest thing for me, um, a goal is just development. Um, learning to develop under the best players in the world, right? Like I'm playing with players who Sophie Schmidt has 200 caps for Canada. It's insane, mm -hmm. right? I'm playing with huge time names and then also playing with girls who've been in the league for a while. So my goal is development this year. I'm really going to push to develop myself on the field and off the field and learn it's so cool like I get to learn from these girls every single day it's it's so insane I'm just like how can I every day I go to training and I just like am like a, a sponge like I'm like oh my gosh she's playing in the league for like nine years seven years six years she's playing on the national team for how many years like it's just inspiring these women around me like have worked their butts off they're like empowering me and I'm just like I think it's really just like allowing this year to be a developing year for me to grow mm -hmm mentally physically and then technically and tactically on the ball um there's so much these girls can these women can teach me and I'm really humbled honestly by that um yeah that's like a huge thing for me yeah no that's like like taking all the advice and people around you is like really important because like they have different experiences that you've never had and it's important to like take all that in and like keep all that in mind because you never know what you're going to learn from it or if you're going to have a similar experience down the route down the road um no of course finally, finally one more question that I have for you um what's your advice for students that are like students in high school that are looking to play in college um but like the pandemic is having like significant like impacts on their seasons like if they might not get to play or like makes like, colleges really difficult some colleges aren't even having in-person visits so like what's your advice for students that are kind of going through that right now yeah no and I just want to make something clear like I wasn't a part of the challenge cup obviously with the dash last year and they went through a lot of hurdles but like I mean testament to them like I didn't have to deal with really any of that because I was in Sweden and I've been talking to my college friends at Butler and I'm just like geez like I'm to be honest it was like crazy I was crazy, like, inspired by the fact that no matter what, they were willing to have no idea what was going to happen the next day. Now we no idea if they had to cancel training, but still they just kept moving forward, right? Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the biggest advice that I would give to someone who's stuck right now, just, like, frustrated about COVID. 
and whatnot, just, just remember this will pass. Um, I think the number one thing for me would be like diving into something like for me, the most important thing in my life is my faith diving into something deeper than yourself. Right. Even if that's like not your sport right now, it's diving into serving other people in the best way, or how can you best serve yourself? Like if you can't get out and train with your team, then I mean, like, I don't know what the standards are, what you can and can't do. Maybe get a friend, play pickup or do something in your yard or something like that. Like, if you still find happiness in the sport, like find a way to play the sport, right? Um, I know some people obviously are immune compromised and that's really hard for them, but it's like still just like, I think just like opening every opportunity and every door and not closing your mind off to cer certain things or just because other people are closing the door right now to um, sports or anything like that, or specific team appearance, appearances or their season or whatnot, like you control what you do behind closed doors. Right. And like, really that's so important. And whether you're an athlete or you're just, you're not just, but if you're an athlete or you're a student, um, you really do continue to control what you do behind, clo behind closed doors because you can't control this, um, pandemic right and no one wanted this to happen but I think the the best thing that people can do right now is to just accept what's happening do your best to help in certain scenarios that you can and also do something that's gonna help improve you not only for yourself but when you're back with your team or wherever you are um you're making others better too right? Um, I think we're always first to just like point the finger, oh, we can't play because of those people or whatnot. Well, like, okay, maybe you can't, but like, is that something you can control? Um, just controlling what you can control in this time is so big. And just finding the biggest thing I learned at Butler, just like literally from my coaches, finding the gratefulness in every situation. And really, that's where I'll leave it at, because that has changed my perspective so much. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's, I remember there's this one song quote, like this quote from the song that my mom loves. That's it's, it's from the song Big Yellow Taxi. That's like, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone. Yes, exactly. So much to everything happening in the pandemic. And it's like, of course, taught all of us to be like so grateful for what we have now. Because like, again, with how unpredictable the pandemic is, you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. You never know what's going to happen the next day. You never know yeah. when what you have now might go away or might just be changed completely by this pandemic. And luckily, like, yeah. we have the vaccine and, like, things are starting to become a little bit more predictable or, like, there's a finish line in sight, kind yeah. of. But, like, a year ago, that was not the case at all. Um, yeah, we always yeah. thought we had a finish line, but it just kept getting moved a little further back. Yeah, it's getting pushed back a little bit more and more and more. Yeah. Yeah. So no, just be in the present. Yeah, those were all the questions that I had. Did you have anything awesome. else that you wanted to say? No, I mean, like, just be in the present. Um, also, always here if anyone needs some support or anything like that. I know how it is going through that journey. And, and just yeah. honestly, I just because of where I am today, does it, like I said at the beginning, like, I, I never had a straight path. And that's so okay. There's some people that you're going to look at and say they have a straight path, but they didn't. There's something in their life that is going to move or something that didn't go right their way. Just focus on your joy, your journey. And just, I think so important, just enjoy the process. Yeah. If you can find time, like you said, to just 
be present, right? Just be present in the moment every single day. Um, you're just going to enjoy your life a lot more and other people are going to enjoy you and vice versa. But no, I really appreciate you having me on. This is yeah. really cool. Yeah, no, this is a, I had a really great time talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking with me. Yeah, you gave some really, really great advice and great insight. And it was really cool to hear about your story too. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I was actually a sports media major and butler so like this is so cool that you're doing this i wish i would have done something like this i'm sure you're like a communication major journalism no um PR major sports com minor okay cool so somewhere around those lines yeah but, like, yeah sports that's awesome sports pr we'll see, Same we'll thing. see. I'm, I'm, just I'm still trying to figure it out <laughs> no i mean like uh, you're not are you playing sports right now or is I, just... I i'm not an athlete i sailed when i was in high school and i danced that's okay but... Oh, I, that's still competitive. That's an athlete. No, not no, nothing right awesome. now, though. I wanted to sail in college, but never worked out. No, that's okay. But literally, like, you should be proud of what you're doing. This is really cool. I think it's so important to share lots of people's stories. So yeah. thanks for playing your part. Appreciate that. Of course. Thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. Awesome. I'm glad we got to do Bye. it. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Sports Finder podcast. We'll catch you on our next episode. Y'all ready for this?